You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. Yo, I'm in the white right camera this time. Uh, what's going on? This is Factor TV. I'm VI. I'm really. Um, this is um, episode 17. Woo. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Same, We're same time. Good looking, Sal. Splash. It's a good week. Why not? <laughs> Hello. It's 420 today. What's going on with you, man? He <laughs> just said it, man. It's 420. I get high. I get high. I get high. <laughs> Listen, man. I wish I could partake in those activities, but it's just hey, not. You for never me. been in a, any of that, bro. People oh, don't realize yeah. the twins are. You know, we're the twins, but we're two totally different. I mean, two different people, you know, yeah. but I do. It smells great. I wish you could do it today, but I, I get just. High, I get high. I get high. <laughs> What's for twin mean to you? I get high in your memory. I'm about to quit this <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, um, it's not a holiday to me. It's something for them to make money. It used to be for the streets, for the streets to make money. You know, it's true. It's yeah. true. It, when it benefited the streets, that's what it mattered most. It was more celebrated. Now it's just commercialized. Um, it's just more more people commercializing things and monetizing things that once was unlawful and yeah. targeted a certain crowd and a uh, demographic of people or places. I mean, so I mean, I have fun with it. I smoke it every day. So I mean, no, yeah, that's what I tell people about Seattle. Um, it was legal before it was legal. Like 20, 15, 20 years ago, we were smoking outside, you know, next to police, you know, and then being right there, you know, it was it was the most they ever did was make you put it out. You know, it wasn't no, unless you had pounds and pounds and pounds yeah. and pounds. You weren't getting tackled or messed yeah. up. Yeah. So I told people, it's, it's just a holiday, you know, just another excuse to smoke weather. You know, here, Seattle, it's always been 420. You know, it's always been um, just an added reason to get together. But other than that, people smoke here every day. And that's what I was going to say. That's what yeah. I was going to say. It's just a good a reason for people to get together. Have a good old time, man. Great session. Never hurt anybody, young man. Come Rottery. <laughs> Don't show up to the session with that pucky puck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's one thing uh, weed does is separate people. If you smoke Bammer, you don't like smoking Bammer, man, you would not kick it with this person. If this person's okay with smoking good weed or they don't like strong weed, there's people who actually don't like strong weed. They won't. Or people who don't eat edibles, you know. Yeah, it really gets real. Chuck, man, long live C-Ray. I, I used to be like, man, give me that. Don't give me that damn the the, the, the uh, new wave. The new wave. They, I don't know why we'll be that damn high. I need, I need <laughs> a cool hurts. little buzz. It hurts yeah. to get this high. No, I'm good, man. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, it's just a reason for us to get together, have a good time, laugh. And Seattle just happened to be a place where we're in a setting that's so beautiful and gorgeous every day. It's just something to see and, you know, smoke and enjoy and relax. And we've been having the best weed a long time. So this commercialized stuff is just new to a lot of people who just moved here or who are over a certain age. But if you're like a certain age, you got to see some stuff from the 90s, you know what I'm saying? To the early 2000s, maybe even the 80s, like weed has been a major topic here for a long time. Rappers have always talked about Seattle weed. So that's a lot of them have moved here for that reason alone. And honestly, that's why I'm kind of disappointed in Seattle, because 420 is such a big thing. We got the hemp fest. Weed's always been major here. And, you know, we're going to do a segment soon about the marijuana industry and how black people have been left out of it. Um, blackballed. You know, blackballed out of it. Uh, not given the knowledge to purchase or buy in or be involved in the process. Um, so, you know, it's a celebration for everybody else. But for me, it's just another spit in the face because 
Seattle has done so many progressive things when it comes to, you know, the, the flower and the plant, but they haven't addressed, you know, the issues, you know, with people who had like, I had some of my record, you know, and I think it got expunged, but who cares? Like you need to give us advancements into the industry. You know, there's so many reasons why we shouldn't celebrate it. Cause it's like, Hey, there's people like I said, who, who come from generations of cultivators or farmers who had to lay low key. It was like a damn, you know, like underground railroad type thing. You can yeah. be upfront with it, you know? Go ahead. And I tell people that, um, like along with the laws and stuff, like it really, uh, cause they expunge it. Just like you said, they'll get rid of the laws. And they did that around the mid 2000s, like 2007, 2010. And that was basically, so they won't have to pay nobody. They, they'll get rid of your record. If you don't have a record, then who's there to pay? Who's suffering? Who's being held back? And so that's something that people didn't think about while voting for these. No, things. yeah, everybody's so excited, but also they didn't. And that's another conversation. I ain't trying to get too deep into no, it. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but that's a part of 420, you know, but you know, also not only the, the records getting expunged, but there was generations of missed wealth yeah. and gain, you know for what I'm sure. saying? You know, so you know, that's a whole different thing, but 420 here is just another day. Um, whether you're downtown Seattle, Kent, Tacoma, you know, different walks of life, white, the naughty white, north, <laughs> hippie, hipster, you know what I'm saying? Urban, blue collar, white collar, you know, it's this everyday thing here. So it's not really, you know, a big thing to us. No, not at all. But there's people who still moving here who get shots. We smoke outside or smoke around the police or like, man, you, uh, man, you tripping, man. Like, nah, bro, relax. You're, you're killing my high. Chill out, bro. You're killing my high, buddy. No, but, um, you talked to me about something earlier before we got started recording about, um, the FDA's, uh, they're approving a breathalyzer for COVID. FDA, the FDA. We got to come up with another, uh, was abbreviation. We got to come up with another. Well, I mean, we got to just fit some words in because they're full of SHIT. That's yeah. what it should be. The SHIT. They approved, um, they approved for the first set of COVID 19 breathalyzer tests. Basically, you could blow into something and say whether you got COVID or not. Boy, that sounds crazy. Well, they crazy, damn near got the test right. Like, there's people who get false positives, false negatives. Like, and you, now you're talking about you got a breathalyzer. What is that going to do besides give people more panic? Man, more panic, shut down more things that don't need to be shut down, um, cause people to isolate themselves when they don't need to. Um, all the late news has been talking about how the, the damn, you know, um, vaccine is only effective for a certain age or a certain it's just it's so much that's coming out now years later i just hope that you know um they start to think about the the fear they put because think about going somewhere and just just think you have a good time not to wear a mask or nothing and you get asked to breathe into something in a random place it's like being pulled over by the police and having them say i'm gonna draw your blood you gotta see if you're high on the side of this freeway you doing this Man, yeah. Are you even trained to professionally <laughs> do this? And, and my crazy. thing is, like, this, how, like, how, how do I know it works? Just like the system and so many things within it: people, equipment, processes, politics, uh, structures. How do I know it even works? Like, you might send me into a psychotic, manic, depressive stage because I think I got it. I think I'm about to die, and whole time I don't got it. It's just some. <laughs> I just had spores or something or, you know, like star hyperventilating. Yeah, you know, like so uh. I, I don't trust it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, before we get off the topic of COVID, I want to say recipes to DJ K Slay, uh, uh, New York legend, um, hip hop, uh, hip hop legend, uh, put so many people on opening the doors for so many people. He was a pioneer. Um, he passed away after a long battle, a four or five month battle with, with uh, COVID-19 COVID yeah. uh, symptoms. Of course, him and um, others 
like Fred the Godson, a couple other people that from that side that had, you know, certain respiratory issues, but that he's been battling the longest and fighting his hardest. But uh, I don't know the exact day, but just this past week he passed away. So I want to send his family love and the whole hip hop family love because he's a pioneer. He's a he's someone that that um, if you was into hip hop at any point in your life, you heard his name. And no, yeah, uh, Fifty Cent actually put out you know something saying that before he got on, he was in K Slade's kitchen rapping for people. Cause that was the place to go to get on, you know, for people to see you and listen to you. 50 Cent said that was a place to go. And he said he thanks him because, you know, that helped him, you know, get his name out further. But um, I just wanted to, you know, since we're already on that topic, wanted to say recipes to him, long live to him and appreciate him because I love hip hop. I love the culture. Always been a part of the, you know, music industry in some way, fashion or another, you know, so appreciate you. Uh, much props to you. Um, sticking with New York also, um, Syracuse Police Department was in the news uh, recently for the arrest of an eight-year-old child. I, I, I believe he stole a bag of chips. Oh, I've seen that. Um, or he allegedly stole a bag of chips. When um, I first seen that video, I thought that was fake. I thought it was staged. And then I realized when I clicked on it and started reading it, he was literally called, because uh, he had shoplifted before. And it's, you know, it comes back to that story, of course. He's a kid. But they called the cops on him this time. And I mean, a bag of chips, you put him in handcuffs, this boy is scared. And not only how, and, and that's the part of the system they want to scare you, you know, but not only the handcuffs, it's how they manhandled them, you know, the way they grabbed them and stuff. And it's just like, I deal with kids all the time and I can control them better than you. Like, seem like police officers, that's why some people have hate and disdain for police officers. It's not out of nowhere. It's not because of the blue badge and blue lives matter. You, you don't have a blue life. You're a person. You're not blue color. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not like, you know, black life where you're actually black or brown. Blue life is the occupation. It's where you go to work. It seems like people who get hired on are really fragile. Like, you can't control an eight-year-old. I mean, even dealing with adults, it's like, you know, they're so scared, so fragile that they'll say they were scared for their life or anything and do some crazy outlandish stuff that you can't get back. But to yoke up an eight-year-old over a bag of chips, he didn't steal the Queen of England's diamond necklace or, you know, a car and crash it car, or, you know, hurt somebody size. like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's so many ways where you're never supposed to hurt a kid or mishandle a kid, but there are some situations where a kid might have a gun or might be trying to hurt somebody. There's certain situations where you can't say, okay, I can see that we can justify it. But in this case, a bag of chips, bro, you couldn't find a way to talk to this child who might not even have a good home setting, who might be out here stealing something because he gained eight in three, four days. You know what I'm saying? You never know what's going on with him. That's what people don't think about when it comes to policing and building a bridge with the community. What are you going to do? Continue to be mean to these people who's growing up and hating you and then wondering why they're mad now and why they don't respect you? You know what I'm saying? They're, they're, that's what they did with Seattle. They cleaned shop of all the police and brought in new ones. They don't know anybody around here. They're trying to make it a new slate. But the disdain stays. What they what they've done stays because there's not been a new done. There's not been nothing new created. No no new actions taken. And it's gonna take a lot for this to be taken because um, for this to be fixed because this not only sets a president where he's from, but around the globe because we're so worried about children and childcare in certain other areas. Now we have to worry about how police handle children because a lot of kids do end up in, if not the hospital, have passed away from being mishandled by police officers. What was his name? Tamir Brown, I think it was. Yes. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, he had a toy gun yep. and police shot and killed him. It's like, you know, it takes a certain amount of years to be a doctor, lawyer. You could go to police academy, I think six months to a year and come out a cop, you know, and it just makes no sense because they make decisions that end lives. I don't care how much the family gets paid. Like, you know, you can't get a life back. We get one chance in this lifetime. And it seems like, you know, they think killing somebody, then 
letting the police officer off, but, but selling a civil suit, you know, changes everything and it doesn't. And one day, like, I don't know when, but one day people are going to, going to, uh, a revolt. They're going to stand up together. Rebizel. Yeah. You know, like, what are you going to do then? So, you know, I think there's a lot of things that need to go into choosing police, hiring police and policing the police. Now, do you know if his parents came and picked him up from the police station or? I don't. Cause he was taken for sure. I know that much. He was driven off in that car. Um, I don't know if, um, his parents came to get him or anything. I haven't followed up since that happened, but when I do, I'll definitely check in, check in with my Instagram. I'm going to talk about it because that's something that's serious when it comes to uh, our youth, just black, uh, boys and girls who are outside, who are making mistakes, who might not have the home setting that's, you know, um, traditional for the right kid of any color to grow up and feel like they're loved and supported and don't have to take from anybody and just ask for it. We don't have the people in position as police that have the right mental to say, hey, look, let me talk to this kid or this is a child. Like it's, it's different when having a teenager, you know what I'm saying? Or a young adult, this is a child and you still don't have the right mind state to talk to this child as best you can before handcuffing or making them feel, making them fear you and be embarrassed at the same time. That's all you're doing. Which That's something that fear. sticks with them. It yeah. sticks in your mind. That's why I say, you know, it's intentional. They do that to black kids, you know, as young as they can, because they want them to fear them. They want them to grow up, you know, with that in the back of their mind and give them all type of, you know, um, conscious, you know, like different different phobias or, you know, different fears, you know, or, or, you know, being scared of the police or, you know, trying to teach them conduct through, you know, mistreating them, you know, ultimately, because that's not how you handle a human being, let alone, a, you know, an eight-year-old kid. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to speak on that. Um, we're going to stick with New York because uh, it's saying, hell over there. Another but. thing you don't handle right, man, ladies, where's my camera at? Ladies, we, we, we got to protect you as black men. We have to. But, man. The stuff that just happened to Envy, man. I don't know how strong you got to be as a man. I don't know how much pride you got to lose. I, I just know that it has to hurt. I've seen Will do it. Now Envy just Light skin dudes taking L's, man. Man, they're taking it with a smile and like a straight face. These dudes aren't breaking character. This guy, Envy's getting talked about like, like a man. You've never. never pleased me. I fake orgasms the whole time. He's like, yeah, my wife said that. I'm like, what? Man, man, man. We're married. 21 years, huh? 21 of these things. And, and, and you never liked it? You never got an orgasm? Because there's no way that you not cheated. I told people on Twitter, I've never had coochie that made me act like Will or DJ Envy. Never. You know, I've never. Yeah. Never. I had some good coochie. But <laughs> like never, you know, good you know, you know, but never the way Will's going out, the way DJ Envy and I, and they also have a book come out, uh, you know, come out called Real Life, Real Love or something. So I know it's to promote the book, but even the embarrassment, man, I'm not getting on TV and tell everybody for 21 years, we got three, four kids and I haven't pleased you. What the hell's going on? And my thing is, it might be about a book, but at the same time, if you look at the history of them, if you go on uh, his uh, interviews of his uh, radio show, when she comes on, it's he's a whole different person. At a point in time, I remember there was an interview where it was talking about he didn't have like control of a majority of the money in the accounts. It's just the money he had made. That's what made him start doing real estate and stuff and, you know, get his own money because she was controlling a lot. He is. Like, <sighs> he's over there getting whooped. And I mean, you know, I guess some people will pay the ultimate price for love or just feel like, you know, everybody's different. But he's, he, cause he's living by that old school creed, happy wife, happy life. And that is out. It's is happy it out? spouse. Is happy it out, my house. baby? Yeah, there's like one person can't be happy and the other person's supposed to live miserable through the lifetime yeah. to ensure your happiness. No, happy house, happy spouse, happy house. That's how it has to be. But these, I don't know what's going on, man. Like, I don't like, 
I know promoting things. I know propaganda. I know shock value. You know, we're trying to get marketing and promote a product, but no way my wife of, and it's not like somebody knew you met, somebody you don't share anything. You have kids, businesses, two de- over two decades of life, you know, love and experiences. And you're sitting here telling people you faked orgasm for that long? Yeah, you know, man. My wife said that, man. No, man uh, don't worry about it, big dog. My wife, uh, yeah, she she already told me that, man. It's nothing new, man. Keep rolling, man. He's got a he's got a he's got to grab his sack and stand up. He's that gotta, sack's been cut off, man. Yeah, that, like, <laughs> that that fleshy wound where his sack used to be. <laughs> he stand up, man. It makes no sense, bro. Oh, you got to stand up, man. What are you doing, man? What are you, what are you doing right now, man? Uh, seriously, that, that's out, man. That is terrible. I I I, I can't believe that. Like, I don't care what you're promoting. Shout out my dark skin brothers. We still winning. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? What we doing, man? We gotta take a break. We gotta take a break after that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Envy, man. You suck, bro. I don't know which camera to look at. You don't mess with my whole concentration. You just sitting there taking that in that couch. Horrible, dude. I know what type of guy you are. Uh, he gets pegged. All right, man. We're gonna, We're gonna take, take a, break a break right now, man. Shout out Converse Media, Factors TV. We'll be right back. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media. Welcome back, man. This is Factor <laughs> CB. This is really, man, and, um, coming back at you. And I just wanted to talk about the situation of keeping black business our business for us by us like FUBU not just for purchasing things but really keeping our business our business our cultures things that we love things that we don't like you know even talking about it with other people of other cultures and ethnicities like we don't need to involve everybody with our problems or jump in people who decide to have problems with people of other races we should just leave stuff alone how you feel right now I mean you know everybody wants to have an oppression olympic you know everybody's oppressed but as far as black business goes as far as um, you know, with Kanye and Kim going through their things, people were, you know, black women and black men were choosing Kim's side. I'm like, I don't care what's going on. Kanye's of us, you know, uh, different situations, even with women, you know, we have to stick by each other. We have to hold each other down. We have to hold each other accountable and no one's going to be there for us and help us get together like us. So, you know, I think it's time to stop, you know, letting other people speak on our situations. Even black China, her crazy self, what well, she's going through the Kardashians. I hope she wins her lawsuit. You know, and especially if, you know, Chris really called her ghetto, you know, and other things they were saying. But it's just like people benefit off our culture, our power, our influence, you know, and then they have something to say about us. And it shouldn't go like that. And they should be paying, you know, to benefit from us. Everybody want to be niggas until it's time to rest in peace, Paul Mooney. Rest in peace, Paul Mooney. Until it's time to be a nigga. No, seriously. You know, they like they really do. So it's like at some point we have to start governing ourselves and policing ourselves and correcting ourselves and loving ourselves because it's too many people who feel like they can speak on what we do and how we do it and what we've been through because we opened that door because there's people online, social media ruined everything. You know, there's no intimacy, there's no privacy, there's no real one-on-one conversations, you know. Everybody has an opinion and everybody doesn't need an opinion, like. Not at all. No, everybody doesn't need one. (laughs) And um, like I, I have come to realize that even with being out in public, being in a place such as Seattle that was one point in time such a diverse melting pot of people, um, different races now is 
dwindled down, you know, and um, I just come to find out that even when we're out, we have to look out for each other because there's a lot of people who are passive aggressive with the racism, with the stereotyping. Yeah, that's how it is and up here. If you hear something or something, speak up for someone. You never know. Someone might be scared to say something or do something. A black woman being outside, you know what I'm saying, or being, you know, by herself somewhere or needing help. You know what I'm saying? If the situation calls for it, definitely help her out and protect her because this is a place where it's passive aggressive. And if it looks like you're able to be taken advantage of or be, you know what I'm saying? I've been had people say stuff in the slide. I mean, I'm turning around like, what? What's going on? Oh, hey, hey, oh. You know, that's what they do when stuff happens. You know, yeah, they, they're do. not really, they don't expect you to say anything. But when you do or when you check it, then it's a whole other story. Now you're all the worked yeah. up big black guy that's exactly. going to hurt them. And they and, put you in a tough position. Yeah. That's why I tell people all the time, they're like, why don't you say something? And most times I do, but sometimes I refrain because then I'm the militant black man for not taking your disrespect. But what you're speaking of is actually what I want to speak of next. It goes right into it. My bad. I ain't we no like, segue. No, yeah. it was no, no it's all yeah. good. Like, it's a segue. Like, we must protect each other. Black men protecting black women and vice versa. Uh, I have a good friend of Rodea, a.k.a. Samil. Uh, they were at a place called Sam's Tavern. And um, she was being spoken to by some whites rudely. And, you know, the black dudes who were there, who, you know, she expected to step in and say something, actually joined in on it. You know, and one of them was a security guard. And it's like, who's protecting us, especially if our black men don't? Now, granted, I told her, that's not really a black place, you know. We 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 don't have many spaces in Seattle uh, anymore, and we're really down to a few numbers now, you know. Three, so, yeah. So those <laughs> black dudes who go to Sam's Tavern, they're not really all skin folk and kin folk. Yeah, yeah, say know? like that because yeah. you know we'll say if we were none this yeah, TV. Yeah, you know. So um, when we're out, we have to protect each other. If you don't know each other, you know, there's no way, you know, and I told her, you know, if you're around us, no one's going to disrespect you, you know, elbows and closed fists, you know? Yeah, <laughs> for real. Fist the coast. But we have to protect each other. Our children got to protect each other. It's up to us. And I don't know how many times we're going to have to say that, but it's really up to us. But it really, you know, it affected me when she said how she felt because she should never feel vulnerable. You know, like there's no one there to protect her, you know, especially someone who looks like her. And somebody looking like her standing yeah. right there, standing right next to her and she's being attacked and she's trying to speak up for herself, has one friend with her. Um, it's a horrible situation. And uh, I told her, you know, you hate to not be there to be there to protect someone or at least help someone because, I mean, me and Ronnell is the right guys. Like, for sure, for sure. Not the tough guys. But about being real and respectful, we're bigger in respect. Always gave it, always got it. And that's not going to change. We're not going to let anybody we love or care about, even someone we don't know, and we know it's wrong or you're being disrespected, you know, if you look like us and we need to protect us because there's so much we're already defending ourselves for. We're already getting blamed for stuff with the Oscars. You know, we produced the Oscars and some some black guy slapped another black guy at the Oscars. Oh, they messed it up. And we're getting blamed for it's so many things in the media, in the world that we get blamed for. But the culture that's thriving, the business that's booming is based off things that we do, invent, how we carry ourselves, how we talk, what we wear. We are the world. We really are everything, the Alpha, the and the Omega, and we have to protect that. So when we're out and about, no matter if it's just ourselves or someone that looks like us, you know, there's a lot of uh, freeze in Seattle. People don't want to say hi to each other. You got to speak. You got to talk. You got to create this, create this safe space within our own selves because being here especially, it's not really a space for us to create, to be ourselves, to speak freely, to be freely, and to exist. The CD was a place that we can exist and be ourselves, you know. So 
we have to really, like bro said before this segment, our, the business is ours, not just about selling and purchasing. It's really about us as a whole creating and making sure that we cultivate ourselves for generations to come and not try to lose any more of what we have that came before us. Because we really, I mean, I wouldn't be, want to be anything else. So I want us to last and build on what we have now. No, yeah, definitely. And when I say we got to protect each other, it's not only black men protecting black women. Black women have to protect black men, speak up for them, but also you have to make it available for black men to protect you. Because I told also in the same conversation, me and Radia went live on Instagram, and, and I told her, um, you know, sometimes, you know, black women make it difficult to protect them. Or it could be the same man that you will walk past, mean mug, you don't want to smile at. You know, I held the door for them, and they'd be like, Ugh, I got it. You know, that's the same man you expect to turn around and take a bullet for you. And it doesn't work like that. You know, we have to be open to each other. We have to respect each other. We have to hold each other down. So it, it goes both ways. We need a healthy balance of me respecting you, you respecting me, and us taking care of each other if we're going to make it, you know, anywhere, you know? No. So, I mean, honestly, I feel like in this place is more needed, like I said. Seattle, yeah. It's just we have to preach it and push it harder just because of being less less populated here. It's tough. It's tough to try to create. It's tough to try to have a standard or say we need this or need that. I picture how many areas that we have lost that we would never get back until they see not fit. Safe you know spaces, what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's just kind of like tougher here because of having to spread the word to everybody and not in the same accord. And then, you know, we have so many transplants, transplants and they have been called that. Well, what you are, buddy. Well, they are. You know what I'm saying? Our city. <laughs> so the, you have some people here like that, that we can't even sway to do anything because they don't care about the history of what come before us. And it's not just about Seattle, but it's being black here and trying to build here. So, I mean, it's something that we need to talk about more and something we need to push more. Cause uh, I mean, if it ain't going to be about us, then who is it about being here? Miles will no, not be no, here, definitely. Um, and that's why I was telling her we only have a few safe spaces. And go where you might do what you must, but I told her you can't condemn all black men because you're at Sam's Tavern. And that's not even a place for us. You know, tell me you're at Classics Mint. You know, tell me you were somewhere where blacks, you know, <laughs> where blacks are and they didn't hold you down. Don't tell me you were somewhere where, you know, the black guys grew <laughs> up in, in Mount Lake Terrace and played Little League soccer with Jacob and went to private schools. He really wasn't you know, enriched in his history and probably didn't grow up, you know, loving himself. So how could he love you? You know, so um, no, it's up to us to protect ourselves, love ourselves. And we can never forget that. We have to make it even more of a passionate, you know, driven thing to do because no one else is going to do it. You know, no one's going to do it at all. But um, what's what, what the hell do I want to talk about? Man, the next thing, man, listen, and I don't know why people keep playing with this man. Oh, yeah. I don't know why. That's, you know what I'm saying? What I was that, say. The last, last subject was so subtle. We got so passionate with it. We get lost in it. And I understand it happens. Me, even myself, I, I found myself getting off subject and I don't mean to, but it just, you know, being who we are here and then being black in Seattle means a lot to me and you. So it's just something that we take seriously. So, you know, if we get off a little bit, don't mind us, but it's just passion. But um, as far as this next subject, which is two times trio, and it's just something that's just, it's life. It just happened. Everybody gets, you know, I, I think God makes people to do everything, you know, and the baby, he's supposed to be this bad mother effer. He's just supposed to be bad, dog. I mean, he, I mean, he's just supposed to let you know everybody ain't playing. Like, everybody ain't playing. Like, that's why I was laughing when he was having the back and forth with, uh, with, uh, Meg Stallion and her dude, uh, party, you know, it was like, hey, man, so and so and so and such. If this fool's known for shooting fools and you talking about meeting up and fighting with him, like, you use your head, like, you know, but the baby actually, uh, what happened was someone intruded on his property and, um, he shot him. He called the police 
You know, he shot him in the leg, purposely said he didn't want to take his life, called the police, and, you know, told him, you know, he's here. You know, guys, he said he's neutralized, come get him. But he has a history of handling his business or staying on business. And that's what we call it when someone puts you in a, you know, situation to handle it. I'm not saying go out looking for beef, look for violence, looking to shoot people. But when someone brings it to you and you handle it, I mean, you got to respect it. You got to respect it. And he's had, uh, before he even blew up, he had a home invasion, um, shot someone, I believe they died. Walmart, Walmart, someone ran up on him while he had his first child and his, his child's mother shot him. They died. Um, it's just he has incidents after incidents where he has defended himself, even just the, the, the goons from Atlanta. He's shooting a video in a neighborhood that he's not really from and they walk up on him. He stands his ground. He's just a guy that stands his ground and he's prepared. So I don't know why people continue to test someone. Man, leave him alone. He's passed a lot of tests. It's like, you know, you, you know, it's like, you know what he's about. You see the results. Um, just leave him alone. And it's different when you have money behind you. You, you got the balls of steel and the move <laughs> And on. you got the money. And <laughs> that's the thing when uh, Danny Lay's brother, you know, his his child's mother, you know, like I told him, he's telling him, it's on site, let's do this and that. You see him at the ball alley talking about, I want to talk. You're getting fisticuffs. Like, there's no way you, like, men, that's why men go to war. Like, we know violence, like we're used to violence. And men know no one's come to save us. And we also know that there's they, like there could be a violent end. That's why it takes so long for things to go. If you notice, women will pop off at the mouth, argue quicker with men and women because there's really no you know violent consequence, field, yeah. you, you know consequence. But men, when men or you are talking, that's why a lot of men be like, leave it alone because we know it could go to death. You know, it could go to physical harm. You know what I'm saying? So I challenge you to a duel. Well, yeah, you know that, and that's just his. That 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 goes back thousands of years. You know. Um, so men know that where it can go and how it can go. So for Danny Lay's brother to say, you know, it's on site. And then, you know, after the beat down at the bowling alley, man, I just wanted to talk. You don't, that's, you know, tell me it's on site. You already went back and forth. You didn't send the threats. And it's, it's like, bro, you got to realize that that's like you said, just piggybacking just a little bit because it's real. Men are only going to go back and forth so long. If it's not in resolution and positivity, if it's, if they ain't found a common ground, they're still going back and forth. Somebody getting slapped or shot after the 10th or 12th time. Yeah. So it's better just at the seventh or eighth time, be like, you know what? Hey, 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 man, you you got it. Because we ain't going to get nowhere but into a dead end. For real, for real. No, seriously. So <laughs> I was just trying to talk after telling you it's on site. No, it doesn't happen. And that's, you know, and that's why I hate when women speak on violent things because they're not really in put, put in positions to have to be violent. And if they are, they either call, you know, someone else or they could call the police. Men, we know no one's coming to save us. And we know how far it's going to go. But you you're know? saying as far as like women, as far as you're saying, as far as like. Well, like every day or like not, fighting. No, no, not victims. You know, some yeah. women, some some violence is brought onto women. OK, yeah. But as far as women who you see the ones who argue, yell, they'll go on forever. You know, as far okay. as men go, just like we, we all can say you're the women who know it's going to be catty and yelling yeah, all yeah, day and yeah, screaming yeah. and all that. Yeah, you know, like because there's really no consequence for them. Men, we know you go to jail. I know you can hurt me. I can hurt you. So, you know, there's, there's different reasons why, okay, but I get what you're saying. Men, yeah, like there's different laws. There's different codes when it comes to men. Like we know it could be physical harm. Somebody could get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Um, we can't yell all day. That's why you see a lot of resolution, a, a, a lot of resolution because we know this could be a terrible end. You know, counterparts say, I've seen some women yell up and down the street all day, you know, and nothing happens because, you know, nothing's really supposed to happen to them, but there's no consequence. You know what I'm saying? When men go to at it, it's like someone's got to do something someone's or just coming leave from it alone. A, yeah, because yeah, of you know? the pride of a man, just the, the the tradition of a man, you know what I'm saying? So I understand what you're saying in that sense as far as making sure that 
we conduct ourselves a little better and that, you know what I'm saying? Because it, it don't look the same because it don't end the same. Like exactly. literally the women going back and forth and yelling all that dudes going back and forth and all that. It might be a little cat fight with women, but these niggas gonna try to kill each other. You know what I'm saying? We're really trying to get at each other, and it's just a different. That's why we're telling people. Like, I'll yeah. be watching videos where it be a lot of yelling going on, and then you know when the shots go off, people be like, "Oh man, I expected that to happen." Like, <laughs> it was going on too long. Somebody's got agitated. Somebody's got worked up. There's a lot of testosterone, a lot of pride. Post traumatic syndrome. Yeah, yeah somebody yeah. whatever PTSD. Yeah. yeah. So no, yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the baby, you know, he uh, and I think he's gonna beat this. I I, I don't even think it's the case. Cause he was on his property. Yeah. But, um, rappers just need to leave him alone. You know, there's some people you just leave alone in the industry. Like a lot of industry cats aren't who they're supposed to be. They talk a lot a bit, like a lot and they're not really about that. He proves himself over and over that Repeatedly. he's going to stand on business. Repeatedly. You know what I'm saying? So leave that man alone. If you're in the industry, leave, just, just leave him alone. Let him rap his songs. <laughs> like seriously. I mean, there's nothing you can do with him. He's fighting and he's shooting. Man, my boy Rich Reed in there said, uh, emotional intelligence. Yeah, come on, talk that. Yeah, see, see, that's my guy. I can talk to him about stuff yeah, like man. that. Yeah, man. You know, that's you know, how he knows. Pisces do it, man. Just you know, you know, too deep for most, man. You know, shout out to him, man. You know, shout out to him. That's one of them ones, man. It's uh, one yes, of them sir. ones. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We about to wrap it up, man. It's been episode seventeen, man. How you feeling, man? Anybody want to shout out? Um, not really. Um, besides our new Instagram <laughs> yeah. that we had to restart. That's like what I was going to shout out. We yeah, had the new yeah, Instagram for um, our following, for the events, for community outreach. It's going to be uh, rare underscore entertainment underscore. So just how it sounds. Yeah, rare we got to start a new page. Um, entertainment underscore. Me and bro have shared many pages with people because we like sharing our platform. But people be stealing them. So we just had to make our own and just come with our own, man, and twist the flavor and look uh -huh. out for that. So on Instagram, it's rare underscore, underscore okay, right, entertainment right. underscore. So any other than that, uh, shout out my girl Jeanette, Seventh Scale Boutique. She always showing love on her page to us, whether it's, uh, here at Converge or we got an event going on. So shout out to you ladies. Go check out her boutique. You know, summer's coming up. That sun's coming out. You see it shining. Go holla at her. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, we'll see you next week. Um, happy 420. I'm VI. I'm really. This is Factors, Factors TV. TV. We out. When the blue notes, that's a mobby pass. More chops than karate class. I can hear the blues when the shoddy blast. The whole block blowing horns. That's that Jackson jazz. When the blue notes, that's a mobby pass. More chops than karate class. I can hear the blues when the shoddy blast. The whole block blowing horns. That's that.